Hi, everyone. This is Sarah Cliff. Um, this is not quite the weeds, though. I am here with Liz Shelton, hey. one of my coworkers from Vox. Hi, Liz. We have another episode of that other podcast that we told you about a few months ago now. Um, we've spent a lot of time talking about this reporting I did in Kentucky on Obamacare, and we decided there is no time like the present to give you a podcast episode because I think. I mean, it becomes a lot more human, right, when you actually hear their voices. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we are trying out here on The Weeds is taking the policies that Sarah, Matt, and Ezra talk about on the podcast and going out into the world and seeing how those policies are affecting real people. So we tried to do that here, and we hope you like it. Hope you enjoy the show. So, Liz, I want you to picture this diner I went to in Kentucky a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's like... Right off the interstate, has a big American flag outside. There's all this stuff on the walls, like all these tchotchkes from local sports teams they support. And sitting in the middle of the dining room are these three Obamacare enrollment counselors. So an enrollment counselor is like someone, are they like volunteers? No, this is their job. They're people who are um, paid by the federal government to to get people signed up for Obamacare. Okay, so these counselors are at the steakhouse and they are signing up the waiters, waitresses? Yeah, all sorts of people. Um, The first person we ended up meeting there was this dishwasher named Brandon Bolton. Everybody calls me Lurch. Because I'm six foot nine and a half. See, look. Um, And if you kind of picture it, you have this enrollment counselor, Michael Wynn. You said you got something in the mail about renewing. And then across the table from him is Brandon in this really old New York Yankees sweatshirt. I usually throw my mail away. So he is there because he was using the Medicaid expansion part of Obamacare, forgot to send in some paperwork, and is trying to get signed up again. This is very fixable. We can get you back on track. So how is Medicaid, which Brandon has, related to Obamacare? So Obamacare expanded Medicaid. It used to be, before the health care law, you had to fall into a certain category to get Medicaid coverage. So you had to be, like, low-income and pregnant or low-income and disabled. And what Obamacare did is it expanded Medicaid coverage to cover everyone below a certain income threshold. So that means a whole bunch more people qualify. So under the old system... Brandon probably couldn't have Definitely gotten Definitely not. Like, able-bodied grown men barely ever qualified for Medicaid. Now we've had 15 million people sign up since Medicaid expansion started. Cool. So Brandon must be, like, pretty excited about Obamacare? Oh, no. He hates Obamacare. <laughs> so he loves Medicaid expansion. Um, but he is someone who voted for Trump, loves Trump. You know, I asked him what he thought about Obamacare, and he, he said... All Obamacare was was everybody's giving Obama our money, our hard-earned money, just so that way he could take a $5 million vacation to the Bahamas instead of giving our military the weapons and the stuff they needed. What? Yeah, so the question I had as I'm listening to Brandon talk about this, it's actually one the enrollment counselor, Mike, he was thinking about, too. So how did... We vote for somebody we knew that was threatening our health coverage. Today, we are going to try to answer that question. I'm Liz Sheltons. I am Sarah Cliff. And I am here to tell you about this trip I took to Corbin, Kentucky a few months ago. It's this area that voted overwhelmingly for Trump, but also has thousands of people who signed up for Obamacare. And I wanted to understand how those two things fit together. Talking to Brandon, I thought I was starting to get it. 
He was signing up in this room that had nothing, no signs, no language. Nobody is mentioning the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. And so part of the reason why someone like Brandon might be confused is a kind of marketing failure. Yeah. And it's so it's this weird thing where it's both like a marketing failure and a marketing win. So when we talked to the governor, the former governor of Kentucky, Steve Bashir, they knew people in Kentucky hated Obamacare. We wanted to get as far away from the word Obamacare as we could. He's like, I got a marketing plan for you guys. The enrollment period has begun. It's time to connect. So he decides, here's what we're going to do. We are going to build a marketplace for Obamacare, but we are never going to call it Obamacare. We're going to call it Connect. It's time to connect. Connect. Kentucky's healthcare connection. K-Y-N-E-C-T. Obviously, a takeoff on Kentucky and connection. And this is going to be great. We're going to sign up everyone. And it, like, totally seemed to work. They signed up a lot of people. I mean, we... We went live, and, and, and Kentuckians came out by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, actually by the hundreds of thousands. And I know in the past you may have been afraid, but now it's okay if you have to see a doctor Mike told us... I had many people saying, is this Obamacare? And I could say, oh, no. And they said, okay, I'm in. Literal, intentional obfuscation. Right. <laughs> And I think there was an idea at some point to be like, aha, it's Obamacare. And everyone would be like, what? Obamacare is great. <laughs> but it turns out that part never happened. And instead, everyone voted to repeal Obamacare. But And the theory, the theory I heard from so many people was, oh, if only they had known. And it's like kind of looking back, like a little paternalistic, like, look at these people. If only they understood things better, they would have done this differently. And I think more importantly, it didn't really prove true. Brandon, the dishwasher, he was someone I met who didn't understand that his insurance came from Obamacare, but he was the only one I met who fit that category. Oh, okay. So you met people. I'm curious to hear about people you met who maybe like voted for Trump and knew what they were doing. (laughs) Hello, I'm Kathy Aller, and I'm an outreach worker for healthcare.gov. So the woman who surprised me the most was this enrollment counselor, Kathy, who's like super bubbly, lovely lady who just, like, loves her job as an Obamacare enrollment counselor. Um, She dressed up as a cat for Halloween to sign people up for insurance at a trick-or-treating thing. I'm just a fun little kitty cat. Like, she did vote for Obama twice. I voted for him because I knew that he was going to give us health care. And she's even used Obamacare. Like, she doesn't just sign people up. She was on Medicaid for a few months um, when she was between jobs and, and she needed coverage. I thought, let's see what Obama's gave me now. (laughs) So I'm like interviewing her. And I kind of had expected, if you're signing people up for Obamacare, you probably supported Clinton in the election. Do you mind telling us who you voted for? Uh, No, I don't care. But I feel like he's bullied. (laughs) Him. um, Trump. Trump. You did. Yeah. But you can just like hear it in my voice in the tape I recorded. Like I'm like. Hillary said she wanted to keep the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Trump said he wanted to repeal it. He will, but he can't get rid of it. You got to have health insurance. That's my belief. I'm believing in America. And you cannot go without insurance. But Trump wants to get rid of it. Well, he he just better go to the doctor, not have insurance, and see what happens. <laughs> you have to have it. So, wow. Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about this. You can hear I just keep asking the same question again and again. But basically, a lot of it came down to affordability and prices. 
Kathy likes signing people up for coverage, but she says the prices are just way too high for people in her area. Maybe that's my la-la world, but I just assumed that it would be affordable, not these outrageous prices I see every day. And this isn't just true in Kentucky. We saw prices spike nationally in Obamacare last year. A new study showing the average price for the cheapest Obamacare plan will jump 14 percent next year with some policies spiking as high as 64%. And Kathy gets super frustrated by this in her job. They're all going to come to me and say, we can't afford it, we can't afford it. And then you're going to show them the plan, they're going to pick one, and then they're going to go out of there not happy at all. So all of this was really interesting and surprising to me, this Obamacare enrollment worker who voted for Trump. And I wanted to know, were these problems bigger than Kathy? So I decided to tag along for her next enrollment event, which was at a hospital. And that's where I met one of her enrollees, Debbie Mills. Here's what I've got now. See, pathway bronze. Yeah, and that's... They're just sitting, like, right close to each other on this couch behind the computer and looking at what plans Debbie is going to sign her family up for in the next year. So we have the bronze right now. Yeah, but you want silver. Yes. So Debbie owns a furniture store. We sell a little bit of everything. Couches to dishwashers to televisions. We have hardware and plumbing. And And before Obamacare, health insurance was just too expensive for Debbie and her family. We went there for, I guess, maybe two years with no insurance until this came out. She has used Obamacare the past few years. It's been around. And most years, her family is pretty healthy. But lo and behold... My husband got sick this year. Debbie's husband, she told us, had been diagnosed with non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver, and he actually needs a liver transplant right now. It's been great to have health insurance because I couldn't imagine what it would be like to not have it with all the, all the you know, treatments and things that he's had to have done. Let me guess who she voted for. We've uh, voted for Trump. Was Debbie aware that she essentially voted to take away her own health insurance? You know, I wasn't really sure, so I asked her about that. Are you surprised how much Republicans are talking about repeal? Like, did you expect... No. Do you think they'll do it, or you think, like, it'll be too hard? I'm hoping that they don't, because, I mean, what will they do then? Would this go away? Will I mean, will the, yeah. the insurance, it will go away? It will go, if they repeal it, I mean, it'll... That's what they've promised to do in so many elections. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know what we'll do, you know, and stuff if it does go away. And she keeps saying, like, I hope not. And keeps saying, like, you know, what are we to do? I, you know, I don't know. And we're kind of, like, circling this point where I keep asking, like, well, they kept saying they're going to repeal it. Like, did that factor into your decision? Um, I don't know. I guess I thought that, you know, he would not do this, that they would not do this, would not take the insurance away, knowing that it's affecting so many people's lives. So what's going to happen? Is Debbie right to be afraid here? Yeah, I think she does have pretty good reason to be worried. Republicans seem to be really committed to repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. And... I read a lot of their replacement plans, and kind of two things jump out. One is they cover millions fewer people than the Affordable Care Act currently does. And second is they are definitely worse for people who are older, like Debbie, and people who are sicker, like her husband. 
this is something Debbie and I, we talked about when I was in Kentucky and it was, um, it was kind of a hard conversation for both of us. I know, I guess the next four years is going to be different. Yeah. It, you're scaring me now on the, on the insurance part. I really wanted to tell her that she was going to be fine. Like everything was going to be okay. That's just kind of my human instinct. And I did tell her in 2017, it doesn't seem like anything will change, but after that, we don't really know. I don't know what's going to happen to these people in Kentucky. We don't know what the future of health care for people on Obamacare looks like anymore. Sarah, these conversations that you've had in Kentucky with Kathy and with Debbie, they remind me so much of this phrase from the writer Selena Zito, um, which is that Trump supporters, they took him seriously, but they didn't take him literally. They believed in him as a candidate, um, but they didn't necessarily think he was going to do all the stuff that he said he was going to do. Yes, there was an example of literally what you were saying from Kathy, um, the enrollment worker, when I was interviewing her. I found out with Trump, he says a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just think all politicians promise you everything, and then we'll see. Yeah. Like, it's like when you get married. Oh, honey, I won't do this. Oh, honey, I won't do that. <laughs> but it seems like in the first weeks of the Trump administration, maybe we should have taken him a little bit more literally. He came into office and he quickly wrote an executive order that looks a lot like the Muslim travel ban he promised on the campaign trail. Yeah, and he signed another executive order saying, go ahead, build that wall. And now all these people in Kentucky, they are waiting to see whether we should have taken him literally on health care, too. Thank you so much for listening. This episode was produced by the fantastic Bird Pinkerton, and it was edited by Valerie Lipinski and Johnny Harris. We also had some great engineering help from Peter Leonard and Afim Shapiro. Please let us know what you thought of this episode. Loved it? Hated it? What do you want to hear about next? Um, you can always reach us at weeds at vox.com, and we will see you soon. <laughs>